The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Let's do this. This is going to be so good, Macca. Okay, we're live. <clears throat> G'day everyone, it's Mad Monday across the league and also here at the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining us is a very merry Porsche. How are you? Hello everybody, I'm in a very good mood and honestly, thanks everyone for listening. This is really good, thank you. Hello. I, I love you all, I have to say. I love everybody. I, like Jeff Finney, I, I love you I love you all. <laughs> so what have you been uh what's your uh, tipple for the evening Porsche? um i had a bottle mm. of lick pure ginger beer which is an alcoholic ginger beer brewed in st kilda and it was right. nice and i thought oh that's not enough and so then i found that i had a bottle of saxby's from that i had it's been there since summer like saxby's ginger beer Yep. Yeah, I like, I like Saxby's because it's a bit more bitey. Like the, the Bundaberg ginger beer I find is a little bit sweet, but the Saxby's got that real edge to it. Love a good um, sax. And so then I just poured a, a miscellaneous amount of gin into that and here I am. Hello. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a, that's a good celebration. <laughs> it, it's been it's been a pretty awful season, let's face it, Mako. It's been a, a difficult season to be a Port fan. I wouldn't say it's the worst season. I mean, really, honestly, living in Sydney in 2003 after we got smashed by Sydney in that first week of finals, that was really shitty. But um, it's not been a really enjoyable season. And it's one of those things where I kind of think back and I think, you know, in 10 years' time, if someone asks you, do you remember the 2016 season? I'll probably say, nah. (laughs) Nah, I've got no memory of the 2016 season. Yeah. This is is very much a nondescript season that uh, I'll be very happy to forget um, Yeah, as soon as I'm finished this beer, I think. Um, Look, honestly, once we've done the last time they met for next year, I will erase it entirely from my memory. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Well, <clears throat> let's, um, let's talk about our sweet and sour. One thing we found sweet, one thing we found sour about uh, the game on the weekend, or, or the Port Adelaide on the weekend, I guess. Porsche, what's your sweet? Look, honestly, I think it's part of it is knowing that Robbie Gray is just such a consistent performer that even against a team in a match that doesn't matter, he can still rack them up and kick a shitload of goals. Like that's that's really that's got to be the sweet in a lot of ways. But I think the yeah. other sweet is really like I mean we we all kind of knew that Jay Schultz was passed for him to get three goals in his last game. I mean that's that's nice. He, he'll feel like he's contributed. I did say during last week that it should have been that we made it the, the showdown his last game so that all the Port fans could say goodbye. But quite honestly, I think that it's more important in a lot of respects for him as an individual to feel like, okay, look, in my last game, I wasn't a complete shit. I was all right. <laughs> well, no, because he yeah. kind of, like, he's been carried a couple of weeks, I feel. Like, I don't think he's really oh, merited probably. his spot on the side. Yeah. But this week, against the terrible opposition, he got his three and he, he's off now. And, look, I mean, good on him. He's He's been a fantastic player for us. He's certainly, is, he's certainly lifted his game enormously from when he was at Richmond, getting known for dunk driving and, and losing them a major sponsor mm. and being played at centre-half back and all sorts of ridiculous things. You know, he's come out and he's made an AFL career for himself. 
which I think that, you know, when he got him, there were a lot of people that didn't think he had it in him. Um, and so he's done well. He's had a, a difficult career. I remember as a junior, he was highly rated and then he had a bad injury and then he got in a bit later in the draft than was expected. But over the course of mm. his career, after he got through the, the Richmond years, he's been a fantastic person. And look, I mean, you talk about players that you like to see stay around the club and Jay Schultz, I think, is probably definitely one of those. Yeah. Um, you know, if you had Jay Schultz... Yeah, right? Like, I mean, if you had Jay Schultz running out to bring drinks to the boys in the middle of the game, I reckon he'd be a good sort of bloke to do that kind of thing, you know? Oh, for sure. Um, so, yeah. Probably I, take I, a I, hanger on your head as well, so. Yeah, why not? So, I wouldn't mind seeing, if, you know, if, we, if we're pissing off as many people as we are apparently hopefully going to do this year, then maybe mm. there'll be a, a bit of room for a guy like Jay Schultz to maybe stick around the club and be a fixture. I'm going to miss Schultz. Look, he's my sour, actually. That's my sour. He's no more Schultz. I know it's the right decision because he hasn't had a good year and he's 31 and all that stuff, but <clears> it's a real shame. It's it's a real big shame we didn't get to say goodbye in Adelaide. And not, the thought of him playing on with someone else next year is is disastrous, to be honest. And it was it was great to see him end on a high with a win and a few goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just a shame, um, a real big shame we couldn't get to the big dance with him. Because um, what... He's the one player on our list who really deserved it. He was the one player that made football exciting back in 2011 and 12 when we were absolutely yes. shit out. And he was and the one player that made you want to actually go to the footy because you'd, you'd hope he'd kick a, a great goal or, or take a big hanger or kick a bag of goals. And you know, Out of everybody on our list, he's the one that deserved to really <clears> play in a grand final. So um, for that reason, um, it, it's a real shame that it has to end this way. Um, and that he wants to play on and all that sort of stuff, and, and we're getting rid of him. And look, seeing him in another Guernsey next year is not going to be enjoyable at all. I don't know that we will, but um, apart from that, I mean, I kind of feel like the other good thing about the match, if I can just keep adding sweets because why not, fuck it, um, is that um, he gets to retire in the same game that he gets to see a couple of new guys debut and I think certainly in the case of Riley Bonner we could expect to see him around the club for a while I wouldn't be disappointed if um, he got if Riley Bonner took Schultz's number next year I think that'd be really a nice thing to do well that uh, that is the, <clears throat> the perfect segue into my suite because I tell you okay. what I've got a raging boner right now for uh, Riley Bonner and uh, a, rage, a raging boner <laughs> a raging boner and Will Snelling <laughs> What a debut by both of those boys. And Snelling had, um, what, 15 touches and a goal. Did a really decent job and uh, looked pretty uh, pretty set out there. Had a few really good uh, tackles as well. But Bonner's game across half-back, like, honestly, you know, well, see you later, Cam O'Shea. Goodbye. Yeah. Like, um, he's already better than Cam and he's played well, maybe 55 minutes of football. Like... You've got to remember Cam has had good games in defence as well, but more importantly... He has had good games in but, defense, more but they were about three years ago now, so... More importantly, we're playing against, what, the 17th side in the league? Um, and he had plenty of time. It's not like Gold Coast is pressuring him. So I'm not going to say that he's a shit player or anything ridiculous like that, but we need to keep in context. He's played one game. It was against Gold Coast at the tail end of a terrible season um, where they even All now they don't portion. have their best side. Talk um, it up. Talk it up. Don't talk it down. Well, he is going to be the best player for Port Adelaide. I hope not. 
He's also because, uh, sponsored this year, and that may be well, um, okay. That's clouding I mean, my view a little bit. I I personally hope that he's not our best player because I want our best player to be a centre square midfielder or a key position not forward. A back, not a back flanker. <laughs> not a back flanker. My <laughs> best player is a back flanker. I mean, we got away with it with Wanganen, but you know, by the time he we won a premiership with Wanganen around, it, he wasn't the best player, right? You know, it was Treaders. Mm. So, um, no, I, I hope he. I, if, I don't mind if he's like our best player for a year, like he wins the best and fairest or something, but I don't want him to be our best, 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 best player. Yeah. Although he made a few mistakes and I yeah, thought he took he the will. game on and looked quite assured of himself back there. And the fact that he was um, taking a bit of responsibility back there, I thought was really, really good for a first game. And so, can't Can wait I- to see what he does next year. He has to play every game next year for sure. And can I say the next thing about. Um, Riley Bonner, which is that we had a few people in the camp of saying, we need to get Sam Mays, we need to get Sam Mays, we need to get Sam Mays. Sam Mays, And, in- no, and instead, we have picked up a budget price, South Australian, equally South Australian player, halfback, that can probably already create as well as he does. So, Sam Mays, mate, enjoy Brisbane. Could you imagine if we drafted Sam Mays instead of Chad Wingard? I would be spewing. Or was and that Ollie Wines? Treadray would I can't be remember which I think it was an Ollie Wines one. I think it was a Winesy. Yeah. Mm. I think I think we'll use it as like a backup if Wines didn't drop. Because, right. I mean, I, honestly, like, Tumpus, I was never as excited about as a lot of people. Mm. Um, but then again, I felt the same way about Hartlett. Um, yeah, yeah. James Murray, because I am reading the Spreaker chat because that's the way it goes. Um, James Murray has said Bonner's kicks better than Mossoff, our midfield on his left foot, which makes me feel like we're not the only ones that have drunk a little before this I podcast. I think Jimmy yeah. Concepts has also been drinking before the podcast, which is great. Get into the Mad Monday spirit, Jimmy. Get in Look, there. Honestly, this is the way it works. Apparently, the players aren't doing a Mad Monday this year, so it makes sense that we do because we've had a tough season as supporter. We've tried pretty hard to go out there and back report and... You know, if you're listening to this and you're on a train on the way to work, just just have a quick swig of the hip flask you got and you, you'll be fine. If you're drinking before work, you've got problems. I, I would suggest seeing somebody about that. Uh, do not listen to Porsche and uh, seek medical attention straight away, please. Just just say it's Mad Tuesday or mad it's still Mad Tuesday or it's it still Mad Monday in the US. That's fine. <laughs> mad Tuesday. Uh, Porsche, what's your sour? You've had five sweets. What's your sour? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, if I'm going to make a sour, it's the fact that this will have, this will be my sour for every game until he's not playing anymore, and it's going to be Matthew Lobby. Um, Matthew Lobby will say, yeah, he got more hit outs, but Keegan Brooksby, for I think something six out of eight games, he's managed to get in the team or above ten possessions in a game, as well as being fairly decent in ruck. And Lobby, this was his best game of the year as far as his involvement in the play. Like, he took a contested mark and he got his 10 disposals. And that's the first time he, this year he's got 10 he disposals. He wrestled off two people and took a contested mark. I literally <laughs> fell off the couch watching that. Yeah, but it's kind of like... What is going on? Then he's done for the day. <laughs> yeah, that was his moment. And he was finished after that. You could tell. Oh. I've, I've peaked right here in my football career. Like, honestly, I mean, I'd, I'd rather keep Kane Mitchell on the list than Matthew Lobby at this point. <laughs> He'd probably do better in the ruck as well. Oh. Oh, tough call. <laughs> tough call. 
no, look, uh, we are meant to be talking Lobie up because we're trying to trade him. So Yeah, you keep yeah. saying that, but I mean, reality is like if we can trade him for someone's seventh round pick they're not intending to use and they take their, his whole salary, like I'll be, you know, that, that'll be the, the, the jumping up in the air and screaming moment for me. Like I'll be so happy if that happens. We'll get a good pick. Look, even... Why would we get a good even, pick? Because oh. even shithouse Ruckman get good picks. Like, I know, you look but... at you look over the last six or seven years and look at the Ruckman that have been traded, even players that don't play or have played like five games in their career or are just absolutely terrible still get decent picks because people want height and height matters. So I still think we're gonna get Ruckman. I still think we're gonna get a pick before pick twenty five for Loby. I don't think so. I think if we get a pick It'll be later than that, so we'll make twenty-five the line. I reckon it'll be twenty-five or lower, and we can right. come back and look at that. Game on. Game on. Game on. Look, uh, before we get into the uh, the questions, because we've got a lot of them, they're very, very good this week as well. Oh, good. Um, Pittard in the All Australian uh, squad of forty. Pittard. The Tard. What a legend. He's look. had a pretty good year. I think um, maybe slow down a little bit towards the end of the it's season. Slow down a bit, yeah. But I think it's um, it's a good um, acknowledgement of where he's come from and uh, and the season that he's had. Look, he's been pretty solid. Um, I was, I suppose, at the start of the year, I was thinking, oh, that's the easiest money I'll ever make because I put, I think, about fifteen bucks on him for make all Australian. Um, and he's in made the squad. I don't know that he'll make the final 22 because I feel like the end of his season's been a bit quiet. But the way all yeah. Australian selection works, I mean, the fact that we finished, what, 10th? It'll yeah. be hard for them to justify them not naming a single Port player because when's the last time we had a Port player make the all Australian side? It doesn't happen that often. Well, you know, last it never, year, I think we had Well, one, does it? So. Well, it never and seems the, to happen. And the year for, before and the year before that, I think. As okay, well, well so. it doesn't seem to happen proportionate <laughs> to our ladder position, I guess, I guess is what I'm saying. We always seem to get less than we should for the ladder position. Yeah. I, um, I don't think he'll get in. I think uh, oh. if this was maybe six weeks ago, I would have thought, yeah, he's probably in. But I think um, if you look at who's listed, I reckon uh, Heath Shaw's an absolute lock. I reckon uh, Dane Rampey's an absolute lock. Uh, and then it's probably, I reckon, Pittard's in a group of maybe four players with uh, with himself, uh, Rory Laird, uh, Corey Enright, and uh, maybe one other player that I can't look at at the moment because I didn't bother writing them down. So I think, um, yeah, I reckon they'll probably go with Enright, the old man, um, the old campaigner. He's done a good job this year. He's played well. Um, if not him, uh, maybe Pillard might be half a chance, but you never know. I guess we'll see. Like, I don't know who the selection panel is this year, but it's usually a bunch of idiots, so we'll see. Mm. <clears throat> yes. Yes, good. Uh, good acknowledgement for his season, anyway. So, yeah, yeah I think so. Who would have thought be... that uh, that Jasper Pittar would have been the first player to make the All Australian squad from that draft? Do you think he will be a contender for the best and fairest? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. no doubt. Because he's a defender, finish, we do favour that. I think he'll finish that. definitely top three at the at the absolute lowest. Um. I think he'll be miles in front halfway through the year. And it's just where the guys like uh, Robbie Gray and Aaron Young and Travis Boke sort of pick him back a little bit after that. But And Ebert as well. Ebert's had a really good second half of the season, so he might be up there as well. Yeah, that's true. I have to say that's not something I've 
specifically mentioned, but I feel like Ebert's been pretty decent in the second half. Ebert. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's been all right. He's been all right. Yes, indeed. All right. Let's get into the questions. Uh, Rockin'. The, the Beard Amigos has asked, okay, uh, what's he got? if Rucci's talk is correct, who do we trade to get the Tigers pick six? I think this is a pretty good question, and uh, I think he also mentioned it would come at a high cost on the radio, so whether he's got uh, an inside scoop, that would be the first, Rich. Um, so what Porsche do you reckon would be an appropriate trade to get pick six? First of all, pick six is the sort of pick that is almost never worth trading out for. Um, the reason for that is that usually in any given draft year, with, I suppose, possibly the exception of 2001, which is a corker of a draft. But usually there's only like f- maybe three or four, maybe five players that you'd say are really elite as mm. juniors, mm. and then it tails off. And that's why pick six, like if you go through the history of pick six, it is very hit and miss. Um, we got lucky with Chad Wingard, but the reality is that it usually does not go that well. What are you talking um, about? This is a who's who of football right here. Murray Vance. Yeah, John right. Rombotis. Yeah. Mitch Thorpe. Bo Dowler. Yep. yep. Yeah. Reece yeah, Conker, so you, you basically basically at that point you're getting what you think is the best of the rest. And you, you it can it can it's it's a tricky pick. It's a tricky pick and I don't think it's the sort of pick that clubs usually trade out for. If we're forced into a player leaving or something like that or if it's just a matter of like hey, we found someone that'll give us a ridiculous offer for Hartlett and Lobby. Um, then yeah, you take it. But like, if you're going to target, if you're going to say we want to move up in the draft, like pick six is not where you go. You go for top four. So uh, mm. it's not really answering the question. Well, if the I was going to say, is if we get pick six for yeah. Lobby, do we then package six and nine to get something uh, a little bit better than that? Well, I mean, if we're dealing, because is it Richmond with pick six? It if is. We're dealing, yeah. Well, with, if we're dealing with Richmond, I said on the forum a little bit earlier that I would be more keen on saying, hey, Richmond, we'll take your first-round pick next year instead of pick six. Um, and the reason for that is to, first of all, 2017 is, intent, is believed to be one of the really, really good drafts. Mm. So even if it ends up, even if Richmond has, you know, a good year and finishes ninth, it's probably potentially, <laughs> it's probably potentially still better than pick six this year. <clears throat> um, but also the fact that they're going to, they're forced to retain Hardwick for another year. I mean, next year they're going to be so shit. It could be actually a really early pick. In a really good draft year. So I'd be more tempted to go with that um, than a pick six this year. I think pick six this year is probably going to be more like a Stephen Salapecki type pick six in that it could go well. Admittedly, he wasn't pick six in the end, but he was originally. Oh, no, he was pick six, wasn't he? But he was originally pick eight because of the Colton penalties. So, yeah. Um, I'm not as as convinced there's as many clear elites in this year as there are in other years. There's lots of good players below that, but... But, you know, anyway. I reckon we could of... get a pretty bloody good player with pick six. I'd be pretty happy with I'll pick six good. this year. If it was last we... year or the year before, maybe not. But this year, I'd be pretty happy with that. I'd be looking to turn pick six into maybe a couple in the early teens with something else, if we could do that. I'd, pr- I'd oh, think that would probably provide more value. I reckon if we could turn six and nine into pick one or two, that would be pretty handy. I don't think we get that. But I if we reckon, could turn... I reckon if we did, it would be half a chance. If we could turn... Here's me. If we could turn pick six and nine to, say, 15, 16, 17, 18, I'd be pretty stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if we could... No, that'd be... That'd like be that, 
Like Maybe. that's the kind of depth rebuilding I feel that we would need, and I think that you'll still get top good players picks. at those picks. You can't just, you can't sneeze at that two top ten. Well, no, you can't. But I mean, if I feel like we're at a point where we're gonna, we've got a lot of a lot of our depth from this season is playing games, and we expect a reasonable amount of it to turn into first twenty two next year. And we've got a lot of deadwood that we know is deadwood, and some of it we contracted to keep, unfortunately. Mm. But if we could you know, replenish with sort of late first round guys. Mm. I don't think that'd be a bad thing. Mm. Yeah. No, but I guess we'll see. That's all right. So if we were to get pick six, yep. what do you think would be an appropriate trade? What would get that deal done? <sighs> Look, who knows? It really depends on who's willing to move. Um, there was some what talk on the forum about Pittard or Trangove, and honestly, I wouldn't trade either of those for pick six because pick six is such an uncertainty, and those are two guys that they both play a game style that I want to see Port Adelaide play, so that's why I don't want them gone. Mm. What about Lobie and nine for six and Edwards, which was a suggestion on the board? I'd do Lobie and nine without Edwards. <laughs> well, I like uh, Shane Edwards. I reckon he's a, he's a pretty good player and would suit our game plan pretty perfectly, to be honest, but... Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah lo- packaging Lobie and nine. I mean, Richmond need a ruckman, so Lobie and nine for six and something would be a would be a pretty decent uh, effort. But we've also got to remember uh, that uh, Prestia from Gold Coast has actually named Richmond, I think, as his destination. Has um, um has which was, you would what... think would cost around about pick six to get done. So maybe it might be a bit of a three way deal. Ah, uh, or the winner in part of it. Um, was Blair Hartley the one that recruited the lobby originally? Because I suppose that could be a factor in terms of them maybe offering a reasonable amount for him. Mm. Not sure. Not sure. Mm. Ryan Pillar has said on the forum, nah, Edwards is shit. And I have to disagree with that. I think Edwards is one of the most um, misconstrued players uh, on Big Footy, on the forums. Um, he's actually a really tough player. And you look at his, uh, you look at his stats, he gets a lot of clearances... Uh, a lot of people think he's soft, think he's an outside runner, but he's actually um, got more contested possessions than uncontested possessions over the last five years combined. Um, he works really well at the stoppages. He's got a lot of pace. He kicks goals. I reckon he'd suit our game plan uh, to a T, to be honest. Yeah, look, I mean, I've got, I don't have an opinion either way on Edwards, to be honest. Um, he's not a player I've ever thought we need to get him or that I've thought he's a shit player. So that's... A good thing. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the last thing, if, if I think someone's a shit player, then I just get angry. Um, if I'm looking at that Richmond list, I, I don't know yet. Like I... Well, Jimmy Beacans has said I'd rather Vickery come at me. Um, yeah. I actually like well, Vickery. Again, I, I think like he's Vickery. probably the most... Uh, how do I put this? He cops more flack than any other player in the league, and I think it's undeserved. Okay. Would you go with someone, because I did have a quick look at Richmond players in the last couple of drafts. Would you go with someone like Oleg Markov? Ben <laughs> <laughs> Jennings has said more inconsistent players. More inconsistent, more inconsistent. <laughs> I don't know, like, maybe we can not? trade back for why Andrew Moore. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Oh, my goodness. Maybe honestly... a nine for six and more. Make it happen. <laughs> Get it done. Uh, look, honestly, there's not a lot on that Richmond list that I'm particularly enthused about, so I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Like, 
Even if, yeah, no, no, I wouldn't want that either. No, don't worry well, about well, it. Oleg Markov <laughs> would be a, a decent pick, and again, he'd see that he'd game okay. pretty well. He's got good, potential. Good wingman, good halfback, good pace, yeah. big kick. You know, as, well a, this year, so. as as a bits and pieces player to replace to be part of a trade like that, then I'd be okay with it. But I wouldn't want us to target him. Hartlett for pit six, would you do that? Yep. If if they take the full contract value, yeah, I would. Yep. All right. Goodbye, Hamish. Right, next question. Uh, the Beard Amigos <laughs> has also asked, what or who would you go as for our Mad Monday celebration? I saw that one, and I decided to wear my red and white striped top that makes me look like Wes Wally, so I'm dressed as Wes Wally currently. Okay. So that's who I would go as. It's easy. Fair enough. Mm. Who would you go as, Macca? Probably one of the bananas in pyjamas. Oh, nice. Nice. Was that, that too soon, or...? What? I don't know. If, oh, okay, I get it. I was gonna. I was, I was gonna. I thought of a different too soon, which is that would you put yellow face paint on, or is that a problem? <laughs> well, look. Let's uh, let's offend everybody. Let's just do it. Why not? Yeah, got to offend bananas. Um. Yes. Mm. Mm, let's move on. Could, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> There's I'd nothing be B1, we can ben. say from you, Maker. That's the way. Uh, yeah. The next question, Papagallo. Great name. Uh, has there fun, ever been it? a more perfect weekend of football? Well, first of all, can I say, any time that I see both Forza Port and Papagallo like one of my posts, I know that I'm in with the Italian community of Port fans. <laughs> it seems to happen quite often. Um, yeah, no, it's been an all right week. Uh, I mentioned Macca pre-game. Like, I didn't really put everything together as far as Rory Sloan getting his suspension, but you'd have to say right now, like, it's been a pretty good karmic payback for that Bickley hit on Wakes that saw Wakeland mm. um, not be finals competent. Um, yeah. But over a decade ago, and now you'd have to say, in some respects, because Slane is so important to that Crow side, that maybe they've finally got their hey, we, you know, you you hit us again, but this time it screwed up your finals, so suck it. Yeah, <laughs> this is uh, this is the Rashudo elbow from uh, 2005 all over again for them. Ah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, I think uh, from a pro port anti Crows point of view, I think it's. Um, it's probably hard to think of one better. I think I'm, I might have one, which is maybe the first week of the finals in 2007, where we came from behind to beat West Coast in the uh, in the qualifying final. And uh, Hawthorne came from five goals down to beat Adelaide with the last kick of the game to knock them out in the elimination final. Uh, that's probably one which uh, which was pretty, uh, pretty decent as well, I think. I can't remember which year it was. <laughs> But the, 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 if you're looking for a week of football, it was the one where, I think it was 2007, where Scott Lucas kicked eight goals against West Coast Eagles, and that meant we were finished top four or something like that, or I remember yeah, there's Scotty Lucas. Yeah, that was yeah, seven yeah. as well. Yeah. And it was all, and it was happening at the same time as the port game was on. So everyone was yeah. sort of, you know, people listening to radio saying Scott Lucas has kicked another, and like, yeah, <laughs> Scott like, Lucas six goals in the last quarter or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and that and that set us up like that was that was a pretty good, fun week of football. I got to say yeah. that one, yeah, yeah, that was pretty good as well. I, I didn't like Scott Lucas before then, but after that, like anyone mentioned Scott Lucas, I'm like, I oh, got on your Scott Lucas. He was all right. He was a good player. I, uh, I mean, I'm not saying I disliked him. I just didn't really care. You know, Matty Lloyd was that was the Essendon forward for me. He, he was the the sharpshooter and so reliable. And you know, and and I remember, um, you remember Barney? I don't know if you had Fox till then. Do you remember Barnsley's one, two, three back in the early days of Fox Footy? Barnsley. 
Nazis one, two, three. No. Uh, it's basically where because they didn't have rights to the Brownlow account, and so they had uh, John Barnes basically talking shit outside the Crown Casino, and he'd grab players. And Maddie Lloyd, he grabbed, and he was so pissed, but it was the first time I heard him talk like a human being. <laughs> uh, the original Fox footy, that was great. Clinton Gribus. Oh, yeah. It's a real shame that never he died, forget. isn't it? Mm. What a legend. He was the best commentator ever, I reckon. Yeah. And it, look, I mean, we've, we've seen with the Olympics, Jason Bennett coming back and doing a bit of AFL commentating yeah. too. And, you know, like I, like 10 years ago, well, 10 years more than that, um, we saw Jason Bennett sort of coming in as part of our initial commentary team and thinking, yeah, he's not bad. And he's not bad. Like, I never had a complaint with Jason Bennett as a commentator and he's just sort of yeah. faded away. But it's yeah. good to see he's coming back at least. Yeah. Um, the prick right. doesn't seem to have aged at all, which is really annoying. But there you go. Mm. <laughs> uh, next question, Grave Danger. Uh, which poster on our board is Nick Ryan? Um, I don't know. I reckon... Well, look, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. The Crows board reckon they've figured it out, and it's El Pirate. Well, it could be. But El Pirate has denied, denied, denied. Uh, so we've got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, I'll tell I... you what. Nick Ryan loves Port Adelaide and works with wine. It might actually be me. I might be Nick Ryan. I was going to say, because I did read the article, and I thought if it was going to be someone, it'd probably be Dylan. But Dylan, yeah. It, but if if you ask me the question of like who on Big Footy would I like to see be in a position to write articles like that one, it'd be Eddie Dingle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to see Eddie Dingle writing um, articles that just completely slam the crows under an alias. I think that'd be great. I could see Triby writing that piece. To be honest. No, because there weren't enough metaphors. Eh. You know, you'd have to have some sort of thing about some. Weird South Australia only reference that from the nineteen eighties thrown in that maybe five people reading it understand and laugh at. It would uh, be great if it was someone like Boydman, to be honest. Ah, uh, no, because it's not, not. Well, I mean, if it's Boydman, it's obviously been. It's if it's Boydman, it's been heavily edited. So <laughs> maybe it's a ghostwriter. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe Tribe his uh, ghostwriter. You never know. <laughs> we must look into this. That's, that's anyway, sad, it was a great a article and uh, spot on, I have to say. Look, it was spot on and it has been treated with all of the the outrage and contempt that happens when people are Someone told something that they should have been crow. told a long time ago. Mm. Mm. That's it. And I'm sure one of their 58 uh, media ambassadors will uh, will get onto the job and uh, and shoot him down, no doubt. I'm sure. Uh, next question needs gravy. Um, of the Port Fan Radio family, who is most likely to go dress like Trent Cochin did a few years back for the Mad Monday? Rick. Yeah. I reckon yeah. that... Well, no, actually. I'm going to say I reckon it's either going to be Portmanteau or Crazy Big Owl would fit that mm. deal pretty well. I think Rick is likely to wear nothing at all um, for the Mad Monday. No, because we're talking about the Cochman, Cochin one where he's wearing like a black suit with little stars all over it, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like that's Rick because it's, it's kind of flashy, but it's not too much. I think that would be in his wheelhouse. Rick would rock up in a mankini and that would be it. 
Like, if you're going to ask me who do I think is most likely to dress up as Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble, then I'll probably go to Alan Portmanteau, but... Fair enough. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good call. Uh, next question, uh, Eric Blair. Uh, given yeah. our needs and assuming we are able to get extra draft picks, who would you draft and trade for and on what basis? Oh, shit, mate. I've been drinking too much. Don't ask me that shit now. You need to do some <laughs> prep work here. You're letting the team down. Sorry. No, look. Um, <coughs> I made sure it's... I did some actual prep work and wrote down what I think. Yeah, well, you're a Boy Scout, Macca. We know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, look, I kind of... There's not a lot of players out there I particularly care about trading for. Uh, it's, it's trading for players because we have the luxury of not having to be the list manager that goes out and has coffees with blokes all year long. I'm pretty happy to just sort of, when a name comes up in trade, we go, oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be all right. Or, no, nah, God, no, I definitely don't want him. Um, so I'm going to hold that. I'm going to take fan privilege on that one. And, and as far as trading for players, I'm going to hang back. But as far as drafting, um, look, I want us to make, because we've done it in previous years, we were sort of batched in, tall players like that draft where we got Logan Austin, Billy Frampton and Dougal Howard, you know, we've sort of batched in player types. I'd like it if this year was a, a key forward um, type and I guess a guy that we could draft that I'd be pretty keen on us drafting would be, um, I did like Asava Rotogalea, but he'd be a late draft pick at best. Yeah. Um, I'd almost be tempted to, this is one of the reasons I'd like to get Richmond's um, next year pick is because oh, what's his name? The guy that played for Vic Metro that is just a natural, but he's not eligible this year. What's his name? Sam Hayes. Yeah, Sam Hayes. Like if you could get him, like he's gonna he's gonna be a player. Like there's no doubt about that. Um, that'd be good. Um, I guess we've talked some a little bit during the week about you know would you go for someone like a Brent Harvey or potentially even a Nick Del Santo? And considering they'd both be um, delisted free agents, so you don't have to give up any draft picks for them. I would be tempted by Javier and Del Santo potentially. Um, if we're taking the view that the next year is we have a top, good top 22 but that we're working on the depth, then I think that they would be good people to include for free and then concentrate on drafting guys that are likely to take a year or two to come through. Del Santo, no thanks, but um, Brent Harvey's had a really bloody good year this year. I'm, I'm less inclined to Del Santo than Brent Harvey because I think that Brent Harvey, like he would slot in pretty easily. No doubt. Look, this is what I've come up with, and this is okay. all best-case scenario stuff here. Um, but in terms of trading, <clears throat> these are the trades that I wouldn't mind seeing done, uh, which is Loby for Richmond's second-round pick, which is probably around about pick 24. Mm-hmm. Hartlett to North for their first-round pick, which is around about pick 11. Okay. Uh, Colhoun plus our, our round four pick which is number 63 at this point, for Brisbane's round three pick, which is number 47. <laughs> We're not going to get shit for Cahoon. Well, it might. They need players, especially if they lose Rocky. They need players. Other but players. They, they, they need, need people that can actually play, and Cahoon yeah, might be a player that would actually play but, 22 games for Brisbane. But, Maka, like, the, we, we've we've mentioned previous weeks, you know, that the SA side is full of short guys that are going to go quite late in the draft. They'll just pick one of them, mm. you know. My next one would be Archie for Gold Coast third rounder, pick uh, 41. I'd do that. And uh, O'Shea for St Kilda's fourth rounder, which is around about 64. Okay. Uh, And then I'd offer our second round pick of next year, 
Uh, no, no, no. For a GWS for Jake Barrett and James Stewart. I want the reverse smacker. I want us. I in the. I want us to trade picks this year to get more picks next year. Okay. Because I, this year is going to be an okay draft, but next year I think it's going to be a very good draft, and I think that's the way we should go. Personally, oh, that's my okay. view. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, if we if we do those trades, we would get a ball magnet young midfielder and a young key forward as well, who's kicked a lot mm-hmm. of goals in the NEFL. Plus, it will give us draft picks. 9, 11, uh, 24, 41, 45, 47, and 64. Yeah, I think... Which I I think would be um, going pretty heavy in this draft, which I think is the way to go. Um, Yeah. And then I would think, well, who would I like to draft with those picks? I think a ruck and a key position forward are priorities, as well as um, midfield class. I think we need players that can kick and play. Uh, through the uh, middle, so I, I did see on the forum that you're a Joe Atley fan like me. So let's let's lock Joe Atley, Joe Atley in. Fan. Yep. Yep. All right. that, that would be great. Um, not sure. Well, yeah. he might be there. So the players I would look at with those picks, which I think could be achievable, would be with nine and eleven. I think um, we would be a, a fair bet to get two out of Ben Ainsworth, Daniel Venables, and Tim English. Okay. Um, now Ainsworth might be gone. Um, I know GWS are, are very, very keen on him. Uh, Marshall uh, should be gone as well. He's the key forward. Uh, mm-hmm. But a lot depends on the bidding as well because GWS have a pick before us. And as I said, they're keen on Ainsworth. But if someone bids on someone like Perryman or McCready before that pick, forcing them to use that pick on those academy players, that should really open up the draft a bit for us, uh, a bit more. So um, I think we would be well... Well in to get maybe two of those players. Um, with the others, 24, I think Josh Battle would be achievable with pick 24. He's a key position forward, a little bit shorter. One no, two centimetres. no thanks. No, no. Fan. If you're 192 centimetres, you're not a key position forward, so no thank you. I reckon he'd suit our, our play pretty well. Oh, yeah, but I wouldn't draft him and say he's a key position forward any more than I say Justin Westhoff's one. No. Okay. Uh, pick 41, I'd go with uh, Mac Welfi. From uh, WA, he's a classy midfielder, really good skills, uh, good pace as well. Uh, pick 45, I'd go Brennan Cox, who's a tall utility, can play centre-half forward, uh, was All-Australian defender um, in the uh, in the under-18s, but has uh, played really good footy as a centre-half forward um, in the SNFL reserves. <laughs> uh, pick 47 would be Ty Bedford, who's a classy wingman, and 64 would be Oscar Junker, who's a tall inside midfielder. You can also play as a key forward and uh, down back as well. So I reckon that gives us a lot of class, a lot of good skills, um, and uh, fills a, a few needs as well. How does it go for aggression, though? For what, sorry? Aggression. Aggression, I like Josh Battle. I reckon he's uh, pretty aggressive. Ben Ainsworth as well. Daniel Venables has got a bit of grunt about him. Uh, Oscar Junker as well. Mm. Okay. Um, there was a comment. Again, I really like Joe Atley, but I think uh, if we don't go Josh Battle at pick twenty-four, Joe Atley would be a perfect pick there. I think. Yeah, look, I mean, I think he's kind of a midfielder that could be exactly the sort of player we need. Um, I just wanted to mention a good comment on Spreaker chat, uh, which is from Dylan saying nine eleven too soon, Macca. It is too soon. Look, <laughs> I do apologise for all the uh, Americans out there. And look, Jimmy Beerkansas said drunk drafting, and yes, gotta love it. Get into it. Gotta love it. It's yeah. the best. Yep. Um, I so just I reckon, wanted to. I reckon we should do that. I think uh, Jeff Parker's out of a job, and uh, they should pick me. To be honest, 
I agree. Now, look, I you made a comment earlier that I need to do prep work, and I just wanted to point out, because I remember I did do some prep work after you said it, which is that I opened a text file and I wrote down about the Gold Coast, it can't be good for your self-esteem to dress for every game like you work at Macca's. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my prep work. That's why. It's a shocking Guernsey. It's, it's really bad, it's, isn't it? It's really bad. Really, really bad. I actually reckon that... Uh, Clash Guernsey is really good. Their white one. Their original white one with the blue wave on it. Yeah. I, I yeah. really liked that. I thought that was a great Guernsey. But the uh, the orange-yellow combo is uh, is not a good mix at all. Yeah. Don't go there. It's not great, is it? Like, no. it's. It, I think that when the colours were chosen, we kind of looked at it and we thought, oh, yeah, that's a good set of colours so they can merge with the Bulldogs or North Melbourne at some point. <laughs> like, that was the kind of the rationale. But by themselves, they're just kind of shitty. But anyway, yeah. that was my prep. I just wanted to point out I did well, do prep. You've done well. You've done really thank, well. Thank you. I'm really proud good of that. prep work there. Uh, Thanks, Steve Macker. Power has asked that KT said today, we don't have any massive holes in our list. The collective, <laughs> <laughs> the collective together that needs to get right. So what are your thoughts on that portion? <laughs> Oh, KT, what the fuck, mate? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, dear. Well, I have to say, on one hand, I kind of agree in that collectively, oh. on paper, we should be playing a lot better. Um, our first team looks really good on paper, and it should be good enough to make finals, but when you delve a bit deeper, and, and there are holes there, there are clearly holes there. And yeah, there's holes in the look- game plan, there's holes in the, in the development um, and clearly we need more Ruckman, clearly we need more key yeah. position for depth, and uh, and we need more outside runners that can use the ball uh, pretty well too. So uh, for him to say we don't have any massive holes in our list is, um, is, uh, is using some blinkers there, I think. <laughs> yeah, and look, I mean, it's one of the things, if we go back to like classic Port Adelaide stuff, like how many years with the Magpies, you know, back pre-AFL, how many years did we hear... How about, you know, X team is fantastic and, you know, the better team on paper mm. and then we go out and smash them anyway, you know. Um, like yeah. Glenelg, that was the classic thing. Glenelg's fantastic team on paper and they were always a fantastic team on paper. But the reality is, like, they weren't good enough. Yeah. Um, now, I don't think we – I think that our first 22 is all right, but it drops away so quickly. Pretend, uh, uh, if he wants to say that he doesn't think there's any massive holes that we need to trade to fill, I do agree with that. Yeah. We could we could get away with not trading. So if that's yeah. what he's saying, then I'm okay with it. But if he's saying, you know, that our depth is solid too, then he's just no, that's wrong. And I, I guess he probably might be saying the former, but he's saying it the way he is because he needs to keep fans positive when they're coming into re-signing for memberships for next year. Yeah. Do you think yeah. KT has um, maybe had some Mad Monday celebrations himself? <laughs> I hope if he has, I hope they've been really enjoyable ones because he's got a lot of crunch. I think this next two months is going to be the biggest two months of his season, in my view. Like these are the two months. If he was gonna, if he was gonna have someone peaking him, like um, treating him like Darren Burgess treats the players, then these are the two months he needs to perform best. Um, So yeah. Uh, One great club has asked, uh, sob, 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 sob. When will I start to feel better? And I have to say, um, get on the booze like us and you'll be pretty right. Yeah, well, this look, that's the, thing, right that's the thing about booze, though, is that if 
you're, you're determined to be in a bad mood, like you'll be in a bad mood, right? No, everyone takes it the same, but um, I kind of feel like if you want to be feeling better, just hang out and, and watch the Crows in finals because I don't think I'm going to go real far. Um, and, you know, I think that'll help. I'm and not I also tempting think... fate. I'm not going to tempt fate until they're actually out. <laughs> and then I'm going to go hard like a mother. So... But, but beyond that, I mean, as soon as we start, as soon as you start seeing players delisted that you think are not good or names come up saying, I want to go to port that you think are okay, like that'll be a, uh, that'll be a bit of a G up and that'll give you opportunities to go on big footy and say, oh, I reckon we can get blah, blah, blah for a third round pick and Matthew Lobby, you know, um, and, that, and that's fun. Yep. I agree. Uh, needs gravy. I'm loving the food questions from need, needs gravy. He's good, isn't he? I like you, Needs Gravy. It's got to be. Uh, it's got to be done. Uh, does a trio of dips plate constitute a main meal? And you've got to say no. Maybe an entree uh, or an appetizer, but not a main meal. I think you have to apply party rules, which is that the day after a party, yes, it does, um, because it's usually part of leftovers and well, anything I'm that's left over is a restaurant meal. here. I'm, a, I'm assuming oh, they're oh, out, no. and uh, and they're paying for it. Uh, no, no. I assumed I it's like no. I assumed it was like a post New Year's thing where you mm. you've eaten everything that you had yesterday. You forgot to put in the fridge because you were too drunk, and all that's left is some dips and crackers, and you know they've been open overnight, and you just need something to eat because you're feeling kind of crap and don't want to go out. In that case, yes, it's a meal. Depends what the dips are as well. A bit of French onion, a bit of uh, roast capsicum. I'll be. Uh, I'll, I'll be a I've got to say, I'd be pretty happy with that. If it's been in the fridge, I'm a bit of a fan of the old chili crab myself. That's my favourite. But um, mm. Mm. sweet chili crab, yeah. I make the best chili crab pasta. I have to say, <sighs> not to toot my own horn, but my chili crab pasta is delicious. Ah, uh, ah! Uh, I want chili crab recipe. pasta now. <laughs> I'll give you the recipe. Don't worry. Ah, right, good. Uh, Dylan Eight has asked, how many drinks should be allocated to forgetting 2016? I have to say I'm six beers in and uh, it's going well right now. I feel that it's one of those things because people are different where if you're still asking the question, you probably need another drink. And then when mm. you're no longer asking the question, then you're, sh- you're fine. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's the answer. Right. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Eight has also asked, good to see oh my you God. getting into the questions here. Is Archie low-key the biggest letdown at the club in years? No. No, but it is a But it is a letdown. It's a letdown, I think, for um, player sponsors on Big Footy because, you know, and he's a really good bloke. I mean, Rick's talked about it at length on podcasts about yeah. how he's a really nice bloke and everything, but it's just not working. Yeah. Um, it's more a sad thing than anything. I thought there was a reply of Ben Jacobs being worse, but I mean, the reality is I don't think many of us rated Ben Jacobs from the day we drafted him, so it wasn't really... Yeah, it was annoying as hell. Um, Jared Redden's probably worse, a, a bigger letdown, because I yeah, think we but... all saw that he had a lot of talent in the ruck. He was a good ruckman, could go up forward as well, but um, just didn't happen. I think Jared Redden, though, like, Jared Redden, at least he had severe injuries that explained it. Like, like but... Brendan Archie, like, he's just not been good enough, you know? Mm. Like, Jared Redden, like, he had huge injuries that are hard to come back from. Um, Ryan Pillar said Salopec, and I think Salopec has also had huge injuries that are hard to get back from. But Brendan Archie, he's been pretty fit for the most part, and he's just yeah. not performing. Like, he hasn't got, he hasn't had that 
sort of thing where you go, oh, gosh, you're lucky to have a career after. Like, he hasn't had one of those. So I, I think that's probably what makes it a little bit more disappointing. Well, as Dylan has reiterated on the speaker chat, he means um, he had that three-vote game and then hasn't really um, followed it up since. So you've got to say he's right there. He hasn't followed it up. Um, no, he's not a bit at all. Of a letdown because I think we all saw him as being um, quite a... Uh, Maybe not a crucial player, but someone that, um, as a second-string player, could really perform quite a, a, a good role in 2016. It just hasn't happened. And, um, it won't. No, probably not. No. no, I think he's a player that we... I mean, he's, a, he's definitely a player. Like, if he goes back to SNFL or he goes over to VFL or something like that, like, he's going to be a gun player at that level. Yeah. Um, but he's just not going to be given that amount of time. I think that, that three-bow game he had, like, we were, it was, again, it was the tail end of the year. Teams didn't know him, but now they know enough about him. They know that if you just don't give him a lot of space, then anything exceptional from his game disappears entirely. Yeah, that's right. Well, question's done. Oh, I have to okay. Say, we are on to the review. Look, oh my uh, god, no, we have to talk Port- about the game. <laughs> we have to talk about the game, that's going to be fun. <laughs> Port Adelaide played the Suns in the last round and won comfortably yes. by 23 points. 13 goals, 11 to 9 goals, 12. Robbie Gray kicked four. And uh, the big Schultz are, Jay Schultz, in his last game for Port Adelaide, kicked three goals. What a great effort that was as well. Yeah, look, um, we discussed earlier, it was good to see Schultz get three and that was nice. Um it was not a great game. It was a bit. I think it was a better game than the Brisbane Lions game a few weeks earlier. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I guess I was a little bit. I'm saying I was disappointed, but I don't think I really was. Which is that? I mean, I felt like we should have blown Gold Coast out of the water in, in the first quarter. We didn't. Um, but we went up there not really feeling it. Um, maybe some players have already been told about their futures as well. Uh, I don't know. Clearly, yeah, really, uh, really so. That's yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> there might be others. But, uh, look, I mean, I, I kind of feel like we didn't, you know, we knew finals were gone and just sort of phoned it in. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not okay, but it's where we're at, right? Um, so it wasn't a great game, but it was nice to see a few players play well. It's all right to see Bono come out and sign do well. Um, there are a couple of okay players at Gold Coast, but they're just really thin. They're just really thin on the ground. Oh, they've um, got a lot of injuries at the moment, and they were playing I know, yeah, pretty but... much a second-string midfield. And but Braden Fiorini in his second game, like settled down. He's good. Jesus Christ! Thirty-two touches, twelve tackles, seven marks, two goals, five clearances, eight contested possessions. He's right. One hundred sixty-six dream team points. Like, just calm down, mate. Jesus, what are you doing? Yes. Uh, look, I mean, I don't know. I guess we already know. I didn't look at who the um, rising star is. I wanted to call it the Norwich rising star still. That's pretty oh, bad, isn't Norwich. it? <laughs> well, that was the one Michael Wilson won, wasn't it? So That was, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that really says that sponsoring the rising star is probably a good thing. Um, yeah, look, he put in a really a ripper performance, tore us up. Um, I guess if we're looking at Gold Coast players to comment on their performance, I guess the next one I'd want to comment on is Tom Lynch, who I felt was pretty frustrated until Logan Austin went off. Yeah. Um, oh, that was really have, good um, to see. He should have really torn the game apart, really. Uh, um, I said on the forum that uh, Logan Austin had a pretty uh, dirty night before he got injured and uh, got shut down for it. But look, in essence, Tom Lynch should have <clears> probably had four or five goals by the time uh, Austin went off the ground because he kept yeah. missing from about 20 metres straight in front. Um, so if he actually kicked straight, he would have had a day out. But, um, 
you know, he, he didn't. He ended up kicking one goal four or whatever it was. So one of those things, I think. Yeah, maybe. I'll tell you what, Logan Austin, you don't want to get injured in your last game. Oh, that was so sad, you know. Ugh, what a shit. Yeah. Mm. Pretty disappointing, but... Uh, very, go. very disappointing. Robbie Gray, do you reckon uh, he was arguably our, well, definitely our best on ground. Four goals, um, yeah. or 34 touches or something. He had 13 contested possessions, six clearances, and a goal assist as well. Uh, do you think he might have um, been a bit unlucky not to make the All-Australian squad? Um, yes. I've got no doubt about that. Looking back with no basis behind this at all, but I think he's probably been just about best on ground in close to all of our wins. And I would say he would be looking at a Brownlow performance of somewhere between sort of 15 to 20 votes. Yeah, yeah. I think that he's a player that... Look, I mean, I don't... The All-Australian team is bullshit. Okay, let's just say it. The Australian team is bullshit. Um, it's more bullshit now than ever. So I'm not amazed that you didn't make it because they don't want to name Port players if they don't have to or if they don't feel they have to. Um, what was that year? Collingwood finished top four or something and they didn't have a single player name. So I think that they just it's yeah. the way they work. They they figure, oh, we'll have this player in, this player in, this player in, and if you're not a good bloke, you're less likely to get in. And as much as Robbie, play, Robbie Gray is a good player, he hasn't. He ne- has never in his career ascended to good blokehood, so I think that's always going to count against him. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, JBC Jimmy Beercans has said a pretty crummy farewell for Schultz. Lackluster snorefest in front of three men and a dog. Life's a bitch. And it is the I... same. I, I don't understand <laughs> unless they didn't make the decision until that week. I can't understand why they didn't allow Schultz to have a bit of a farewell in front of uh, a home crowd in the showdown? Uh, I felt that. But as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I don't think that I was right. Um, which is that you say, oh, have, give Shorts a good send-off in his last game, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, okay, but we knew we were going to get beaten by Adelaide, right? Like, we're pretty confident of that. And the fact that we finished as close as we did was kind of amazing. Um, and it was a game in which he didn't perform particularly well. So, I mean, if that, if I was Shorts here and that was my last game, I'd be a bit shitty. But this way, even if it is in front of three men and a dog, I mean, at least he's kicked three goals. He's put in, he's had a performance that he can be a bit proud of. Um, I kind of feel like for, for Shorts, I think that that's a better thing. I think for fans, we might feel a bit robbed, but I think that for Shorts, I think it's probably better the way it happened. Yeah. No, that's fair. Sammy Gray also had a pretty good game. 32 touches, five tackles. Um, was pretty good at the stoppages as well. Kicked a goal. Uh, once again, like last year, he's had a pretty good um, last sort of four or five weeks to the season. Yeah, and look, I mean, I think that Sangre was performing at an acceptable level prior to that. Like, I think he was performing at an acceptable level when we could still make finals, realistically. Mm. Um, so I think that's an important difference between him and some of the other players that have sort of kicked on a little bit in this late, late, late season. Um, I think he will stay on next year, and I think that he could be a good player for us going forward, hopefully. So we'll see how that goes, obviously, but... Um, certainly of the players that played well this time last year that had a slow start. I mean, certainly he'd probably be at the top of the list of players that have performed okay despite a bit of a slump early. Yeah. Well, look, as, uh, as Dermy said, you know, he's someone in the know, Dermy. Um, he said that uh, <laughs> teams were sniffing around Sammy uh, this year. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> do you reckon Richmond <laughs> might trade him in for pick six? No. And also, <laughs> you've got to remember. Thing to do. 
Well, no, it's not. Uh, but oh, come more, on. Yes, oh, come on. Nathan Brown they got for pick six. And he's a bit better than Sam Gray. I got you there. Um, I think that you've got to remember that right now, if you hear a rumor about a player, the first thing you should do before you give it any credibility is look up who his agent is. So I don't know who Sam Gray's agent is, but if he is not a mate of Dermy's, then I'll be amazed. So yeah. I reckon there's the well, agents put out bullshit all year long. He's clearly not going anywhere. This is bullshit season. So if you hear a commentator say, oh, here's a lot of interesting, it's like, yeah, do you? Or did you, his agent tell you that? Well, and the answer is going to be. Well, I think. Because so I was not yeah, able right. to achieve anything at all. Well, if he was uncontracted, maybe, but I don't think that's going to happen. So, no, uh, no, Bevan it's... has asked a question on the Spreaker chat. How many drinks will you require to settle the rage if we delist Jay and Butch and bring in uh, Chris Dawes? Look, two years ago, I thought Chris Dawes would be okay as a stopgap measure. Mm. I can tell you, every time I've seen him play at, Nor- at Melbourne, not Norwood, <laughs> every time I've seen him play at Melbourne, he's been shit. Yeah. Um, so quite frankly, if he comes in, like I used to laugh at Lee Brown at every club he played at because he was a guy that any time you turn on a TV to a game he was in, you'd see him make a horrible mistake. Yeah. Dawes is worse because you never even see him do something good. So yeah. nah, nah, Look, I'd be really Collingwood annoyed. Dawes was actually a pretty decent player and he had a really he good was. two years sort of around their premiership era. Uh, he was a but really good why. player. But that's and why. It, and if because he was... him in back then, I would have thought, yeah, you know, fine, bring it on. But... Uh, He's yeah. literally done nothing at all at Melbourne in no, the last three years. So. Like, I mean, I think that when I originally was like, we should get doors, we still had shorts in good form. And I think that's kind of what you need. Like, if, you're a, if you've got a forward line that is any way dependent on him performing, you haven't got a forward line. Um, so, so. I can't see us bringing in Chris Dawes. Like, nah, God, no, not now. Not Too happen. late. He's gone. He's off to Casey or somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Jarman Impey, how did you see his game on the weekend? Yeah, look, I mean, he's been a bit player, hasn't he? He's been a bit player in the second half of the year. He's got a lot of promising signs. Um, and he's got some parts of his game that you feel are elite. Um, yeah. I, coming out of this game, coming out of the season, sorry, I'm pretty confident that German Impey's going to be a player going forward. But this pre-season, off-season, whatever you want to call it, that's going to be really big for him. He's going to have... This is, this is the off-season, I feel, that's going to define German Impey's career. So I hope that he treats it with that level of seriousness and dedication. Yeah. This is the next year is the year where he needs to go bang, really. Yeah. Um, he's shown glimpses. I think he's had a pretty good second half to the year. Yeah. He ends the year our number one goal assist player, which I think is a, a pretty good effort. Mm. Mm. Um, we've got to remember he's only in his third year at the moment. He's still young. Um, but next year, I, I really want to see him improve out of sight. I reckon he's got it in him. I think he could be an absolute superstar. He could. Um, yeah, I really want to see uh, what Jarman can do next year. He's probably the one player that I'm super excited about for uh, 2017. He, he's one of the guys, because every year you hear about guys that come back and start training early. Like He's a guy I want to see come back early because I think that he... I hope that he knows that this is the turning point of his career. <laughs> Which is a lot of pressure to put on someone. But I kind of feel like that's really... It's pretty obviously where he's at right now. Yeah. Well, there comes a time where you need to either make it or you don't. And I think uh, Jarman's... Uh, oh. well, he's not going to be out of the team anytime soon, but um, he's got the potential to be you know, a top-five player in our squad, I think. And uh, Yeah. That's what I mean by um, making it, I think. Well, um, yeah. Well, you know, look, li- I mean, Living I... up to your potential, I should say, really. But... 
like I think it's a three-pronged fork he's on right now, which is that one is he could end up a top five player, one he could end up, could end up a middling player that just sort of plays out a career with Port Adelaide like Hamish Hartlett has, yeah. and the third one is that he just sort of doesn't find consistency and fades away, and then everyone goes, oh, you remember Jarman Impey? He had a bit of talent, didn't he? And he yeah. ends up being like a Jared Brennan yeah. um, kind of player that's got a few tricks and that's it. So that's why like the fact that he can become our best or our ordinary or just a, a second-string flanker, like he, all those possibilities are before him right now. And I think more than almost any other player in our squad, he has this off-season to determine what he's going to do. Yep. For sure. Mm. Uh, Matty Lobey, what a great game. One mark. For... <laughs> <laughs> what a great performance. Um, against uh, such a recognised ruck as uh, Keegan Brooksby, uh, uh, maybe we should keep Matty Lobby. Can I just say, when all the talk about trading Matty Lobby last year was going around, and I know that Russ Liebert was saying we should trade him, but we should get someone else, and I was like, just trade him. Um, and one of the comments constantly going around is, we won't find a ruckman that's as good as him off the rookie list. Ah, well, Keegan Brooksby has outperformed Lobby this year. He's played the same number of games. Um, <laughs> we could have got him in the second round of the rookie draft and taken two or at least one first-round pick for our trouble. So all those hindsight police that were willing to jump on me when Ryder got suspended, suck it, pivot, whatever else you want to say. <laughs> you want to talk about this game? Um, look, I, it's, I don't know. Well, why don't you talk about Snelling? What did you think of Snelling's game? I thought it was pretty good. He was pretty quiet in stages, but um, just seemed to bob up um, here and there. And well, He was pretty good at the stoppages, um, liked his defensive pressure, kicked a goal in the last quarter, which I thought was great. Um, he's a player that I really want to see uh, develop next year. I think... Um, if we're going to add anybody from our rookie list onto the senior list, it should be him. Yeah. I think he's uh, definitely a chance to play 15-plus games next year. Um, and he's the sort of player that we can uh, that we can do within the side as well. You know, a young uh, inside mid, you know, tough around the bowl, gets clearances, uh, good skills, pretty quick, kicks goals. You know, I, I reckon uh, he could become a, a pretty consistent player yeah, in the AFL team. Look, I mean, for me, he's a player that, again, because this is against a terrible side, we're not going to see him put under the pressure we need to see him at. Um, I think that I want to see him put in a, a, a performance like this, um, at least, um, against a, a side that has a physical midfield. Yeah. Um, that's one of the big things you have about smallish midfielders. You know, everyone says, Sam Mitchell, Sam Mitchell. Well, guess what? There's a one Sam Mitchell. Um, there's a lot of short guys that play football. So for every Sam Mitchell, there's a Kane Mitchell. So uh, <laughs> for, and for every about Sam, that, James Leach has said on the speaker chat, he's like an accurate Kane Mitchell, and I've got to agree. He's uh, he's short. He's only 176 centimeters. But you said it in the uh, draft podcast last year, Portia, that uh, Will Snelling's the perfect rookie pick. Oh, absolutely. Um, yes. I've got to agree with that. And uh, you know, he's pre- proven to be a pretty good pickup, I think, and, and someone that's got a lot of potential. Yeah, look, he's got potential. Like I said, we'll see the proof in the pudding next year, hopefully, um, when we'll see how he does against physical midfields. Because if he can't perform against physical midfields, then that really does limit his potential. 
Um, so he's got a lot of building to do. He should be, what is it, eating whey and all that sort of stuff and doing lots of muscle work and all that crap that they have to do in the off-season. He should be very focused on that and, um, yeah, all the things related to that. Another one I wanted to mention, not necessarily from the game, but at least from the end of the season, is Tom Clory. How do you how do you feel about Tom Clary now? Because I'm feeling a bit better about him than I did say mid season. Uh, although I thought he was absolutely gone mid season, but um, you know he's mm. come in and done a pretty decent job under pressure, which is great. Um, I think he's a player that I don't think is going to realise his potential at Port Adelaide. Mm. Um, it really depends what we do with Alipati Carlisle as well. I think if we um, if we delist or or um, maybe redraft Carlisle onto the rookie list. And Cleary has a real chance next year to play um, a lot of games. Um, yeah, we do I really agree. need to sort of replenish that defensive group. I think Austin back there is really good. I think Homsch coming back in is going to be really good. I think Jonas. Um, I thought he had a really good first half of the season, Jonas, until he got suspended. Um, if he hasn't like died or fallen off a cliff somewhere, and he is actually <laughs> still human, um, yeah. he's going to be really important. But uh, look, Cleary. Um, I think as a full back, um, or maybe that, uh, maybe a centre half back, I think it's going to be really important going forward. And you know, he's a good size, uh, gets a lot of the ball, uses it pretty well, good defensively. Um, if we can get him um, becoming a consistent AFL player, then that can only be a good thing. I kind of feel like um, Holmes, in a way, is kind of a defensive Westhoff. And I'll explain how I mean that because it sounds like a disparagement, but it's not. Which is that I think Homsch, when he's fit and playing again, he'll he is always going to be best as the third tall defender. Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. And I, and, I but I think that, enough. but I think that if we're going to play Clury, then I feel like if he had an ideal role, it would also be third tall defender. So it'll be interesting to see next season how he goes because I think that he will be getting that job of second tall. And if he manages to lift, he manages to improve his game and follow the coach's instructions and all that sort of thing, um, and he becomes a second key defender, I'll be pretty stoked, but I'm not sure that he's got it in him, um, in which case we've got two thirds instead of a second and a third or ideally a second and a second, um, in which case we need to do something. Maybe improve his intensity a little bit. He can be a bit laconic sometimes or maybe he just looks laconic. I I think he probably mostly looks it, yeah. Yeah. It sort of looks like he's going half pace on occasion, but um, if you can improve he's not, that... He's not um, Stephen Daniels. <laughs> but then, I mean, look, he's got a, you know, he's got a defence with a, a pretty young group around him. He does, um, he does. Over the last sort of uh, two months. So, you know, if he had guys like Jonas and Trengove and, and Homsch around him, he'd probably play a lot better. Yeah, well, look, I mean, if we're looking next season, because I did that big post in the list management thread... Um, I don't think that I count Trengove as a backman anymore. I think he's our backup ruckman next year. Yeah. Um, in which case, I think, but I think even if you include Jonas and Homsch in that back line alongside Austin and Clary, I think that Clary, his job becomes a lot easier, particularly if we keep Pittard around because there's some crap about him leaving. Um, but if Pittard's still around and you know we've got guys that can run through defence and Riley Bonner maybe coming in, I think that Clary would have enough support around him to be able to be pretty decent as that second tall. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Right. Well, that's uh, that's pretty much all I've got. Okay. I don't have much more. Well, I told fun. you all my prep I did. It was quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Oh, I'm, I'm glad we had this Mad Monday celebration on the podcast. I, I, I would like to apologize because I, I reckon I swore about six times. 
Uh, yeah, probably. Yep. yep. I've got to now go through the uh, the thing and try and edit them out if we can be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you if you do edit it out, I'd like all of my swear words replaced with that guy saying right in front of me. <laughs> that's definitely not going to happen because that's too much effort. So that's not going to happen. Oh, sorry. Maybe if I, if I wasn't drinking, then uh, maybe that might have uh, occurred. But okay. In any case, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. Um, we'll be back. I think we'll be going yeah. to one podcast a week now for a few weeks. Um, oh, Dave. We'll come back uh, next week with a bit of a season review. We'll do that. Mm. And then we'll go on to our uh, player reviews. Um, and then after that, we'll have our draft uh, our draft podcast. Hell uh, yeah. And, and trade rig reviews and stuff. Yeah. Lots of news uh, still to come out of this season. So uh, keep tuning in. Uh, Dylan has asked, is Mish coming on yet? We'll try and get Mish on. Uh, oh, for the uh, the draft phantom that we'll do um, late, uh, just before the the podcast, uh, just before the draft, I mean, and um, obviously the draft review podcast as well. Uh, but we'll be going through. Um, we, we've done a lot of research. We're going to go through um, a lot of players uh, in the weeks leading up to the draft um, to see who would fit our side pretty well. Um, so we're we're going to go through about a hundred players that might be draftable this year, <laughs> um, which will be an effort. We'll see if it works. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that's something that's worth listening to as well. Um, so, yeah, good times. Yeah, and, and from what I've seen, Mac has done a lot of work on the draft stuff. So with Mac's work and Mish's work that he does and me just being a loud mouth that is good at guessing things, I think it'll be an enjoyable off-season of podcasts. So yeah. tune in. Yeah. Yep. So there's still another good, like, three months of podcasts coming. So Hell Yeah. So you're still stuck with us for that amount of time. So bad luck. Ooh. Oh, and someone said the Portress podcast will still be around for the next month as well. So that's good. Yeah. Good old Matt, the uh, the uh, producer of the Portress podcast. So that's uh, great as well. So now, now I've got a question. Yes. Um, if the Crows make the grand final, are we going to do a live podcast so we can laugh at them? <laughs> if the Crows make the grand final, I'll be in a corner crying somewhere. So probably not. Well, well, I might do a live podcast that, that comments on the game. So okay. that, you, tune out for tune in, tune out for that. Tune in for tune that. Out. Whatever you want to do, <laughs> don't tune in for the Crow's podcast. Whatever you do, don't do it. All right, fine, whatever. I don't care. Good times. Okay, right. lovely. Until next time. Until next week. Yeah. Calm the pair. Go Port Adelaide, Port for Premiers 2017. We're going to win. It's going to be great. Um, go Port. <laughs> and and also, just because it might be the last time we get to say it while he's on our list. Watch out. And now needs away. Everything falling into place. Need the beneficiary running down towards the 50. Lines up. Bacon goal square. How about this? This is breathtaking.